Hey, y'all. Good morning. It's Jean Nathan. It's Crosstown Conversations, and I am all about the holidays today, and we're going to talk about an incredible opportunity for how you can enjoy it, but also get your holiday shopping done, and then end a day, and the day we're going to be talking about for most of the show is this Saturday, with an incredible Christmas extravaganza, music, bonfire, the whole works. And you know what? It's happening over two parishes between Orleans and St. Bernard. Um, and if you've been listening to my show, sometimes you hear, hear me talk about things happening there, and I've been spending a, t- a lot of time there and just discovering all kinds of new things. And, and um, I think you're all going to be doing that as well because more things are happening there. It's, it's really interesting. Despite how hard a hit they took from Katrina than they really did, those hard hits have a funny way of turning around. So I'm going to start off my program uh, we'll be talking about the Down River Art Home Tour and Sale. That's that's the big event that's happening. It starts at 10 in the morning and goes till 5 in the evening, and then that's followed by the Christmas extravaganza. So we're going to be talking about that, but I'm going to sort of do it through the lens of some of the really interesting artists that are involved who I'm kind of crazy about. And um, we're going to get started with a guy named Errol Barron. And uh, I think I can just press the button, and he's going to be there. Errol? Uh, I, I think I'm here. <laughs> Hello, Jean. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you. <laughs> and, and, and let me say, folks, Errol is an artist, but he also has a day job. He is an architect. And um, last night, the Arts Council had their awards, their Community Arts Awards, and the Ogden Museum got one of those awards. And, um, you know, they, the uh, director, um, William Andrews, got up there and talked all about his staff and his board and about how hard they work to make everything happen for the Ogden. But I sat there thinking, you know, one of the most important things about the Ogden and why people like going there is that building, which was designed by Errol Barron. And it's just a special kind of building. You got it squeezed in a site that was not by any means a big site. And I can't wait to hear you, Errol, talk about how you envisioned the solution to that problem. But it turned out to include this huge atrium that you can view from every floor, but it doesn't somehow take up so much space that it's a um, energy killer. It's just, it's beautiful, and you can kind of people watch and go in and out of the art galleries on every one of the floors. Um, So I kind of want to start, even though we're going to focus on the tour and what we're going to do, I kind of want to go back to how you put that together. And and I know I'm right in saying that one of the reasons people like to go to the Ogden is just playing the building. Well, I I hope that's right, Gene. That's one of the reasons I go. I mean, I love the whole place, and uh, it was an amazing experience to work on the building, and uh, thanks for those kind remarks, because uh, the the building was a tight fit in the site. It's blocked on three sides by other buildings, and uh, which had a funny advantage to us as, as uh, architects, because it actually made the building a little cheaper. We didn't have to worry about what was happening on three of the sides. It's just blank walls. 
<clears throat> where uh, if it was freestanding, of course, it would have had to have been expensive, uh, you know, windows and stuff like that. So uh, the and building had really a want all funny those... uh, beginning in the sense that it was supposed to connect to the old building on Howard um, um, Howard Avenue, the the old uh, what was called the Howard Library, now called yeah. the Patrick Taylor Library. Uh-huh which contains part of the collection, or will contain part of the collection when that's finished. It's part of the public space of the museum now. There's special events there. And, and for the moment, of course, has... But it was connected by a passageway that went uh, through a building behind the museum, which turned out not to be possible in the end. So we had to completely redesign the building and uh, find a way of connecting the two buildings by going through and kind of under, in a way, the uh, what is now called the Civil War Museum. It used to be called the Confederate Museum, <clears throat> wonderful old uh, 19th century building. And the two, the, 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 these two buildings are linked, and when you come out of this tunnel, tunnel in a way, you... you uh, you come into this big space, which we, I don't like the term atrium, maybe that's what it is, but I really think of it more as a stair hall in the great southern tradition. And mm, that's um, interesting. It, uh, it was designed really to be a kind of relief <clears throat> to uh, the museum experience where I, I'm an inveterate museum goer, but I do know it's a tiring experience to slog your way through a museum. The nice thing about the Ogden is when you go through it, you're never more than one room away from the natural light. So you, when you leave a gallery and you go to the next gallery, you either see natural light or you go out and you look into this big space and continue on your way. And you know, very- yeah, that that must be that's it. That's that's what it is that's so special about it. Because I, I couldn't really put my finger on not being an architect, although I, I once thought I was going to study and be one. Yes. But it, it it must be that that um, that natural light that makes I it. I think so. It's like taking a breath. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like taking a deep breath. The room is tall. It's sixty feet tall. There are not many rooms in New Orleans that are that high, <clears throat> and. Um, the uh, so and you walk around you circulate around the big space. There's a big stair, a ceremonial kind of stair that's in that space. So, as you go from floor to floor, you pass through this space. You see other museum goers. You see kind of where you're going, and it's a simple technique, but an effective one. And uh, I think is a is a great uh, benefit to visiting a museum, which you know usually is closed galleries, and the art may be great, but after an hour, you're like cross-eyed from walking around, and uh, this this uh, museum is uh, it provides an antidote to that, uh, that, that, that that traditional experience. So I think you're right. I think it's uh, it, it, people do like uh, going there, and one of the reasons that, that the, the, the stair hall is so successful, and uh, you know, we we knew things would happen there. We had no idea really that they were going to capitalize on this space to provide this fantastic Ogden After Hours event that takes place every Thursday night where there's live music in this stair hall and people sit on the stairs, look over, and they sit all over. the. You hear the music all over the building. It's a fantastic thing. It was run for uh, years by Libra Legron, and, uh, and, and they've been, you, know, you name it, they've been there, the great musicians of our region, New Orleans and our region, and... Uh, 
it's just a fantastic uh, thing. And, yeah. went, and, and, and the stair hall is where it happens. I, I agree with all the above. but And uh, so I, I am one of the people who enjoy it on a regular basis. And, and, and your statement about the natural light and how you walk out. So you always feel good in it. You don't feel drained. You don't feel right, like you want right, to get right. out. But let's move on. I want to talk about um, the fact that in addition to designing buildings, um, I think probably you first started out, and I'm just guessing, with these beautiful sketches that you do, uh, some of which are going to be for sale, and your books that you have uh, of your sketches started out with an interest in the buildings that you visit around the world. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, ultimately, yeah. Well, my father was an architect, and I, I had an interest in drawing all my life, and um, that's kind of why I went into architecture. And uh, I think, you know, being um, alert to what's around you and uh, having a means of, of Sitting down and thinking and looking about what you're what you're seeing, uh, thinking about it is uh, through the medium of drawing is an important, uh, very very important activity for architects. Not all do it, but I think they all should do it. <clears throat> and um, the message I take to my students, where I've been a faculty member at Tulane for many years, and I'm very very keen on on promoting the. Use of hand drawing, even in this in the computer age, or the computer, of course, is very important too in architecture. But the thinking visually and being able to conceptualize through drawings and learning to draw by observing what's around you is, a, to me, an integral part of the creative process. And uh, I have uh, been doing it for a long time, and I've gathered these drawings. I really call them drawings more than sketches because they're some of these drawings are, are quite time consuming and and are, are not just uh, excuse me, my dog, I think, is going nuts in the background. He wants to be a part uh, of the just, interview. Um, uh, you know, di- dashed off in a in a hurry, but are um, rather carefully constructed uh, drawings of uh, things I've seen in my travels in my teaching. There, uh, I have three books. Uh, one is primarily about France. One's primarily about. Um, New Orleans, and one is primarily about Rome, and the, the, the New Orleans book and Rome book will be part of <clears throat> what I'll be showing people uh, next, next, uh, next Saturday. Saturday, this coming Saturday. So yes. so let me just uh, go to the tour a little bit and emphasize for people, um, and I'll take a minute and talk about this, and maybe you can find um, Fido a place to hide in a closet where we don't have to listen to him for a minute. But um, So we're doing a tour this Saturday. It starts at 10. It goes until 5. It starts in Holy Cross at the Art House on the Levee. And I do encourage people to make that stop because that's where we have the sensational new tote, shoulder totes. They're not your plain, ordinary, boring little tote bags. They're they're really special ones. They're shoulder, uh, uh, cross-the-shoulder uh, bags, and they have all kinds of creative words all over the the bags, so they're really fun, and they're not just somebody's uh, logo. Um, we do have our logo on there, Cano, but it's it's a that's the kind of a logo that sort of has implications other than just what our um, organization stands for. Um, so I do encourage a stop there. You have to donate something to get the bag, but um, uh, and then you get your map for all the locations, and you go to several studios in Holy Cross. Uh, um, Diego Laguria and Bruce Davenport, who's so much fun, both of them, 
and then on to Araby, and there you go to Erica Godet's studio building, where there are about four artists, and they include really interesting artists. Mary Jane Parker uh, does beautiful prints, and she's got these great encaustics, which are kind of like waxy tiles in a way, if I had to be pedestrian about describing them. Gary Oakes, the um, artist, and Hayden Riley. Um, also in that building, then on to Mitchell Godet's uh, Studio Inferno, also in Araby, and then Luis Camoneros, who has a beautiful metalworking studio in uh, Violet, and then finally you end up in um, in Poydras, and when I say end up, it's, this is only about a half an hour down the river. Of course, with all those stops, it'll, it'll be longer, and um, you get down there to Poydras, and there'll be a whole art market there with um, many artists, almost, I think we're up to 25, um, all told, and I, we'll see who shows up. But it's going to include everything from what I would call sort of high art um, on to, um, you know, great little uh, wooden toys and, and figures um, that will be great for kids, and then uh, paintings and drawings and um, and uh, the books that Errol was just talking about, um, and uh, just a really interesting selection. It, it, this is not a craft show. This is more of an art show, but it's affordable. It's it's smaller works by really interesting artists. So um, that's at the River House, and that's at um, 8211. I hope I have that address right, uh, Sarah Lane. But if you go to our website, cano-la.org, You'll see exactly where it is. But Errol's one of my um, favorite artists. I mean, his sketches are just so evocative, Errol. They're they're almost emotional in a way because it's clear that when you're uh, studying that building, you are really entering into kind of a... a, um, Artistic, but also a somewhat of an emotional um, relationship with the oh, building. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's 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 roughly true. I, and I'll, I want to just uh, interrupt you a little bit, Gina. Just say, uh, just mention that how how amazing this whole thing is that you put together. And for your listeners, uh, people who don't know Gene, uh, the the amount of work and effort that goes into organizing these events is really phenomenal. And uh, Gene, you're a treasure for doing all this stuff. Well, I mean, I've, got some, the, I've got some incredible... would not be where it is today without your efforts, and I, I really, and I think a lot of other people appreciate what you do. And well, I, I, I thank you. It would be a great thing on Saturday. It really should be. I, I thank you for that, Errol, but I have to point out that I've got a woman named Gabrielle Gaspard in my office oh, yes, yes. who breaks her well, behind on all this. Her, but and the, then our <laughs> interns, we have people who work for, for us for nothing, just out of the love of art, yes, and yes, uh, yes. we couldn't do anything without them. I mean... Sure. We, we sure. have the incredible help of um, Jamie Galvez yes. and Leanne, yes. um, uh, uh, God, uh, Davy Crockett. Um, I always get her last name wrong, but she's fabulous and she's working with us. And yes. you know, we just we pull in Matthew and Lewis and who work on our websites and our and our graphics. We just we have a team of of folks who just care about everything and, and, and put a lot of time into it. It takes a lot of so. people to make these things happen, yeah. sure, but you need a good leader, and that, Gene, you're that person, so well, thank, thank you. you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so tell me, yeah, tell me more about your sketches. And, and, well, the drawing and, is, I say, that I, I, I don't use the word sketches because they're, they're, these are sort of sustained drawings, usually taking an hour or so each to do or maybe longer, and uh, uh, but you're, they, they're, uh, it's interesting to think of them, the, the emotional uh, aspect because you do uh, sit down and look at something and 
you know, as you start drawing it, an idea comes to you, and you, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that everything, uh, inanimate and animate, has its own kind of spirit that is there to be discovered. And through the medium of drawing, uh, that's the way one can gain access to that kind of dimension, and uh, that is often missed. You know, in daily life, we walk by things, hardly pay any attention to, and I'm just as guilty as the next person. You're sort of sleepwalking through life, as Henry David Thoreau said. But uh, drawing makes you slow down and look and see things that you would miss otherwise. So the, the books are, are like that. And the, the books are not the only thing that, that I'm going to be showing. I'm also going to be uh, showing some of my... Uh, small drawings and watercolors, which I'm uh, interested, very interested in doing, and uh, you know a few other little odds and ends. It, you know, it should be a fun show, and I know other people are going to have interesting things there. So uh, I, I hope people find it interesting. Not only that, but Miss Myrna, who works with um, Sydney Torres and yes. Roberta Burns, the owners of the property, um, they can't, they can't. I just can't do an event down there without them wanting to provide. Um, vittles and uh, refreshments yes, from yes. people. So she's Delicious making <laughs> a big old country gumbo that's going to yes, be yes. available for people. So, yes. you know, I keep trying to uh, buy and sell food, and they, they always say, no, 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 we're giving it away, and that's well, all isn't that great? Well, you know, it's an amazing place, because uh, until you had the, the Crevasse 22 exhibit for Prospect 3, I really had not been down there to visit the property. It's a beautiful piece of property. Right in the bend of the Mississippi River, it's uh, it's you know there's this uh, crevasse full of water. Uh, it sort of looks like a lake now, but was a site of a great uh, crevasse in the break in the Levee, what 1922, yeah. And um, so it has a great deal of history there, and uh, also it's a it's a pastoral scene that just you hardly believe you're you're in you know so close to the city of New Orleans, and and uh, um, Sidney Torres is a great patron of the arts and and his staff they're they're so welcoming that uh it, it's it's amazing it's I, just if, a pleasure i haven't been yeah. down there it, it's really worth the trip it's only 20 minutes by car to get there from from uptown new orleans so it's uh it's worth a worth a worth a visit it's you know what, what it, what's interesting about it to me is in addition to the fact that yes it is such a beautiful site and um, it's unexpected because we tend to think of St. Bernard in terms of St. Bernard Highway. Yeah, that's, sure. We all no, go up and down that highway. It's not, uh, it's not the highway at all. Right, it's but the minute the you highway, get, but it's not the, right, the minute you get off that highway, you're back yes, in yes, Louisiana nature. And this house that, uh, I don't know exactly the history of the house, Gene, you would know better than I, but is a gallery now. It's uh, the River House. I believe it's called the River House. Yes, uh, yeah. And um, this was a house that, you know, was damaged during the flood, but has been restored by the Torres uh, Company and Sydney. And uh, it's a fantastic thing to see the art that's there, and to it's a really a sophisticated gallery that, uh, you know, you just not expecting this at all. It's uh, it's really worth seeing. Well, John Crescia um, is uh, the architect who yes, use, yes, most usually works and, with uh, and a beautiful restoration Sydney, and, and he did a great job. of the house, yeah. And, and I, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, my the art shows that we've been doing, which are I love, and the current one is called The Spirit of the People of St. Bernard, and it's mm. photography by terrific photographers, yes, people yes. like um, Blake Boyd and Jonathan Traviesa and Keith Calhoun and yep. Chandra McCormick and... 
Michelle Verdan and Kelsey Skult is a beautiful show, but everything always gets upstaged by that staircase that everybody loves. It's one of these <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful well, cypress nice uh, spiral really staircases. Spaces. They can take big works. And yeah. photog- I saw the photography last weekend, and it's very sophisticated. I mean, this is like, you know, yeah. New York-style caliber works, uh, and it's worth uh, it's worth seeing for sure. Absolutely. I, I thank you for that. And on the second floor, we still have some of the landscape uh, show that we had put on previously. Mm-hmm. I wanted to keep mm-hmm. some of that up during um, the fall following uh, the uh, 10th anniversary. We wanted to make sure that uh, yes. some people still saw that. Yeah. And the, the, the sculpture garden, um, we're going to be adding to it. It's still a, a sort of... Um, in its early stages, we have uh, it's a huge space, so we have plenty of room to add to it. So it's going to be um, a continuing, evolving space. But the works that are out there are, are really both interesting and fun. And one of my favorites now, everybody's favorites has always been Mitch Godet's, um, uh I forget the work for them, but they're like these glass bubbles that sit yeah, on the ground. Yeah, under the tree. Yeah, those are amazing. <laughs> and each one of those little glass bubbles has become a little world in and of itself. And yes, it yes, sort of yes, makes you yes. think about, you know, how our world might look somewhere else out in the universe. <laughs> right. And then um, Susan Gisselson has done this uh, piece in the tree there with these silvery snakes falling off the tree. And she tells a story about how that was based on stories her grandmother told her about oh. floods and how the snakes in the floods go up into the tree, and then after the storm leaves, you hear them plop, 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 falling down out of the tree. I love that story. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give that a pass, man. <laughs> no, oh, you're one of those people who doesn't like snakes. I've got some friends like that. <laughs> I don't mind them, and I, I especially, well, I've never, I've only once been confronted with a snake in the woods that scared me a little bit, and I kind of gave it, you know, a wide berth a to, wide to get away from it. Yeah. But you know, back to the buildings. Um, so there's one piece that you did um, a couple years ago that um, we had uh, that you generously offered in an auction, and I, I couldn't resist it. So I was I wound up buying my own uh, piece in the auction, and it was of the Dixie Brewery. So one of the things that your drawings do, and 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 they have done in history. And if you think about the Woodwards, and and how would we know what New Orleans and the Gulf Coast looked like without the Woodward Brothers, yes, who yeah, yeah, did all those yeah. beautiful uh, watercolors and pastels and and drawings. And and so this is you you create a record yeah, of it's something. Yeah, you say that. I happen to be looking right now at a card that uh, I think Tulane uses for things. It's a painting, a watercolor of the Tulane campus in. Uh, probably 1910 or something like that, uh, and it's a beautiful. It's in the snow. It, some must have been a rare day snowed, and and uh, uh, the campus is covered in snow. And you see Gibson Hall. You do not don't see by itself, standing all by itself. And the only other building you see, the two buildings are the the two, um, the Richardson building and the Abair building. They're brick buildings that people think were later. They were actually built. Almost the same time as uh, as uh, Dixon Hall, not Dixon, as uh, Gibson Hall, <clears throat> and there's not a tree anywhere in sight. Not a single tree. Audubon, oh, uh, wow. Audubon Place isn't there. None of the trees on St. Charles wow. Avenue. The streetcar, maybe the tracks are there. Don't show in the drawing. Um, and uh, you know, who would have any idea that 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 was the scene? of Tulane campus when you look at it today with full of trees and people and grass and bushes and you know, I've seen, and all that. 
I've seen drawings of Esplanade Avenue, which I mm. love for its oak mm. trees. Um, that that uh, looks like that in the early time when it was first developed, and yes, it was yes. so stark. It's just hard to imagine yeah, hard New Orleans without the I oak trees. I live in the Carrollton area, and also, and there were no trees. That was all cow pastures or pasture land, no trees at all. Um, so it was uh, the city has changed considerably, and is still changing. And uh, you know, without uh, people going out and making notations about this, either photographically or uh, graphically in some way, who would know? You know, you know um, <clears throat> I want you to spend uh, a little more time. Uh, you may have already done this, uh, and I don't even know it, but um, in Holy Cross, because Holy Cross is one of the neighborhoods in the city that is both keeping what it's always had, uh, but also uh, trying to do um, some new things. And, and there's a story that's going to be on the front page of the um, – Inside Out tomorrow in the Times Picayune on our mm. art house on the levee, mm-hmm. uh, and I I'm, I love the pictures. The photographer is fabulous, and and um, uh, this and Susan Langenhenning is a writer, and she's yes, uh, yes. always fabulous. And um, but the 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 incredible thing about that area is that if you read Richard Campanella on it, it was much of it once farmland all the way into the 20th century, mm-hmm. in the beginning of the 20th mm-hmm. century. And then for various reasons, um, you know, smaller parcels of land were carved out, and so smaller home owners were able to build their shotguns and their yes, cottages. Yes, 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 and yes. so now it's this really kind of country village. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, yep. there are a lot of people down there of, of all persuasions, and I'm not going to get into the politics of how people, some people tried to paint um, the folks there who want to keep it looking like it is, um, uh, who were wrong because there was an incredibly diverse group of people who came behind trying to yeah, prevent towers yeah. from being built down there. But at any rate, I'm not going to get into all that. But um, it, it's it's just such a peaceful little country village, literally, as you said, about 20 minutes out of the – I think it's more like about 30 minutes down to Poitras. Maybe if you uh, – maybe. I, <laughs> I think if you're, if you're on a – you know, early Saturday morning uh, wouldn't be too bad, but not anyway, it's not far. No, the traffic is never You're right about the Cross. Uh, that is a, has a wonderful pastoral quality, also. And uh, uh, I, I guess in, in the book, in my New Orleans book, there are drawings, uh, particularly of the uh, you know the, the um, uh, steamboat Gothic house. Uh, one of the houses is in the book, and uh, uh, you oh, know, it's okay, a fun good. fun area to see, and yeah. uh, very very particular uh, to New Orleans. It's very much New Orleans, but very different in a way from uptown and, uh, you know, the, 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 the Marigny. It's sort of, but it's, you know, it's, it's not still, nearly as dense because there's no, a lot of um, more, double lots where, open, yeah. where people mm-hmm. have stretched out and they have uh, bigger well, gardens. Well, you the there. It's like a linear park that runs along the whole edge of it, and uh, it's quite, quite beautiful. Uh, uh, well yeah. said, and, and that's the way we'd all like to see it kept because it yes, is probably yes. one of the last – Passive green spaces on a river yes, in a yes, city yes. in America. Very, very beautiful. Very I have precious. a friend from an architect from London who came uh, came down uh, came here two years ago, and we that's where we took him. <laughs> to, for I've a been nice taking walk. visitors there for years, and that's that's yeah. how I've sort of stayed in love with it over the years. And 
and that was one of the reasons why we um, couldn't resist an opportunity yeah, to yeah, get a little yeah, place yeah. there. Yep, yep. Well, Errol, I look forward to seeing you Same on here. Saturday yeah. um, down at the River House, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's just going to be a fun day because with all of you artists there, you just never know. You know, um, you, you catch up with each other and and, and bring new ideas together. And yeah, and, yeah. Uh, well, I so, think it should be an interesting experience, and and as I say, for anyone who's not been down to that part of the city it's a must see i think it's you just uh, it, it's so surprising to you think of st bernard as you say primarily is sort of an industrial place with a big highway running through it and and uh, and then you find that there's this, this beautiful pastoral scene along the river with the levee very much like the holy cross uh, uh, setting in a way and uh, with this amazing art gallery and uh, you know, it's um, it's 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 a, it's a quite Pretty an special. interesting place to to visit, and then I think the, you know, the um, exhibition and fair that you're proposing on Saturday is going to be an added benefit. Well, bring your drawing paper. Well, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to do that, too. Well, yes. next up, I'm going to be talking with um, one of the artists who lives in Holy Cross. So, oh, Harold, thanks so much for spending some time with us this morning. It was really uh, fun to visit. Always a pleasure, Jean. Thanks for calling. Talk to you really soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Well, that's that's Errol Byron, and um, uh, as I say, really interesting artist, and he did a great job with the Ogden Museum of Southern Art. Um, but now um, we're going to add into our uh, show a, a, a very wonderful young man, Bruce Davenport, and I believe he's on the air. Are you, Bruce? Yes, ma'am. I'm here, Godmother. <laughs> I don't know why he calls me that, but uh, <laughs> hi, Bruce. Good morning. Well, I'm going to tell, tell you why I call you and your, your husband my golf parents. When I first got in the art game, maybe ten, maybe eight. Nine years ago, I ran into you guys, and you guys took to me like, you know, like a son, you know. And I already had, I already had my parents, you know, so I figured I'd put y'all in, and my godparents. And y'all <laughs> okay. been treating me with much love, you know. Now I got it. Thank you. I, mm-hmm. I figured it was something like that. Um, since <laughs> since since my only, uh, a ch- my only direct blood children, I have three uh, beautiful stepchildren uh, that Robert Tan had by his um, <clears throat> former wife, um, uh, since we don't have children in the house, I, I, we do tend to adopt people, and uh, you definitely are one of them. So I, 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 we love having you in our life. But um, oh, Bruce, right. Bruce is a, a fabulous artist, and he has chosen as his subject matter our mm. marching bands, our yes, Indians, our um, football players, our mm-hmm. neighborhoods, mm-hmm. our projects, and yeah. and done these pieces, which uh, I'm sure I'm not the first one to make this comparison, but they always remind me of the old Japanese and Chinese screens wow. that um, wow. show the life of a village or yeah. maybe a war scene with lots and lots of little people all over them. Wow, and, I love um, that. I love that. I mean, they obviously... Uh, involved just a tremendous amount of work. And then Bruce opens his home, which he's doing for this tour, and I have never walked in and out of that house without people (laughs) buying up whatever they could get their hands on because the work is so interesting. Mm -hmm. There's something that's such a special quality to it. What what do you think, uh, Bruce, it is about your work that captures people? Did I just lose Bruce? 
Hello, I think what? I'm... Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, I, I didn't for a minute. So my question oh, okay. was, what is it about your work that you think captures people so much? I think it's the humor in the artwork. I put in the, the truth about certain things and people can relate to it. I say things in the artwork that other people can't say, but I say it for them. And then they like the um, the, the different looks of the, the, the crowd scene. They go crazy about the crowd, you know. And they like that certain things that relate to their, um, their childhood or, or maybe their parents or something lived in New Orleans and they moved and, and they got to remember about coming to New Orleans or, or certain things about the artwork. You know, when I first got in business, my thing was just to pay some bills, you know. But then when uh, when the when the art world got a hold of it, I went from paying bills to being famous, you know. And then to me, I like being famous than being rich. And so my <laughs> thing is to to always take the art work to different levels, you know, mm-hmm. to take to take people to different feelings and different emotions, you know, some happy and some sad. And I I enjoy when they're happy, you know. Right. Well, mm-hmm. well, uh, describe to me how you particularly started doing, um, and, and I don't know how to describe this to people. Maybe you can help me. But um, often it, you have a scene that is just filled with maybe a hundred, maybe two hundred little mm-hmm. characters representing, <laughs> you know, the marching band members or yes, the Mardi Gras Indians or um, a football team and so on. H- how mm-hmm. did you? How did you get that idea? What? Where did that come from? Well, I remember as a kid growing up watching um, Good Times, Ernie Burns, um, and Bob Ross. They would um, explain to you. You know, Bob Ross would tell you. You know, if you're painting, you say put some excitement in it, put things in it, catch people's eyes and stuff. And then I remember I would take the what I did draw, you know, to my grandmother, and she would look at it, and if it wasn't enough to her satisfaction, she would say, "Look, bro, that's not enough." And so my thing was I had to always cover the whole page to satisfy my grandmother <laughs> and, to, and to make Bob Ross see me and to make Arnold Burns say, okay, that's a good job, you know. So And as growing up, I always had that in my mind that I had to cover the page, you know. That's what it was. That's what it was for me. <laughs> oh, that's mm-hmm. so interesting. So your grandmother was your, your art critic. Oh, and man, your... <laughs> she was my art critic. She was my agent. She was my role model. She was my uh, protector. She was the enforcer. She was like everything, you know. The goodness so of the, the grandmothers. The, yes, ma'am. So, so to please that grandmother, to, to let her know that okay, her, her grandson not a dummy or a fool. He's doing something, and I used to do that all work and make her smile. That was the best thing to make my grandmother smile. You know, Aww. she loved me, so I, that's what I did with that art. And so, when when uh, whenever she smiled, I go back and try to capture that smile on her face with the artwork and then. And then I remember as she um, she got older, you know, I, I gave up on art, and, and it looked like it took a twindle out of her eye because I wasn't bringing that artwork to her to show her. You know, she would just ask me, where that artwork at? I said, well, oh. I'm not doing it today. And she was like, oh, man, it's like that, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, mm-hmm. how old were you when you first started uh, drawing? Four years old. I was four years four? old. Four? Yes, ma'am. I remember I had uh, my, my grandmother's youngest boy, uh, my Uncle Robert, he died. He died now. He's where well, he did, and um, he was in Angola, and we used to take trips to see him. And as a little boy, I remember watching. I was sitting on my grandmother's lap, looking at the window, and see the cows and the grass and the, and the countryside, you know. And I would come back, and I, um, in Angola, I, I'd get a pencil and I'd do stick men. And so my uncle says, "Man, this boy is sitting up here ain't paying me no mind. He just sitting up here drawing." And my mm-hmm. grandma said, "Leave him alone. Leave him alone. He's drawing what he saw." And so I, I, you know, at four years old, I was just you know drawing stick men. And then um, maybe at six or seven, I started, you know, putting putting it all together. 
And then by 10 or 11, I started to grasp the full, you know, the full concept by being an artist, the rewards of it, mm-hmm. the benefits of it, the love you get from it, you know. But then mm-hmm. I got to be 15 or 16, you know, a lot of other things to take it away from me. You know, as a kid, you growing up in the Lafitte Project, you know, you got good things, you got your bad things. But it, it was the bad things that drove me away from art, you know. It was like I was cheating on art, which was my wife. With, with with some of the foolishness, you know, hmm. that's what I was doing with it. But then I finally hmm. realized that how good art was to me, that I need to stop cheating on art, and finally uh, married this art, and, and and bam, it's been a, a blessed ten years, you know, dealing with, dealing with this art. And now you also communicate with and deal with a lot of other artists. How has meeting other artists and looking at their work and 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 understanding where they're coming from? How is that? Um, affected you well it's competition to me you see mm. if, if i look at if i go to a museum and see picasso on the wall i'm gonna go back and do better than picasso if i go to a, a gallery of, of somebody who got art and, and has ernie burns or or, or, or winnie birch or bruce bryce on their wall or basket i'm gonna go back and, and have to do better i'm gonna want to do better and so with dealing with other artists it's just about competition it's about taking territory, you know, it, it, it tell you the truth. If you got a gallery, like I'm in the Arthur Rogers Gallery. If, if Arthur Rogers got um, the best artists in the, in the world, I have to be number two. I have to be number one. That's my mind. Is my mind framed about by, by being com- competition. It's better. I'm very competitive, you know. Well, so, where, where does that come from, Bruce? I, I had no idea. I didn't know about well, that. About well, growing you. up, growing up, um, the oldest uh, for my mother. And growing up, uh, my grandmother, youngest, but she thought my grandmother was, I thought my grandma was my mother. And uh, and it was like competing. I had to compete with the older children and the younger children to get something to eat. I had to compete for love and affection. Um, I had to compete. I had to compete on the field and sports. I had to compete to play. Because the coach was like, uh, if you don't compete in practice, you're not playing in the field. And if your mama comes see you sitting on the sideline, catching splendors off, off the bench, that's on you. And so I wanted to I wanted to play, and so I took that same mind frame and put it into the art world. You know, I got to compete. I, um, I have to stay hungry. I got to stay uh, 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 modest and humble, but also I got to be firm because they got people that they will try to do you wrong and they'll try to take it out of you. But if you got a mind frame that's being competitive and, and not being greedy, where you thinking money is everything, you know, just realizing that you got a legacy to fulfill, and that's what is going on. See, I gotta reach the next generation. I gotta reach the next Bruce, that uh, Bruce Lafitte that's coming up in kindergarten or third or fifth grade. I gotta tell that kid that he can be like me or she can be like me and be successful. Had all work in 14 countries and 25 universities. You know, I I, I didn't go to un, you know university for art. I went to university to play football. You know, so my thing is just keep a comparison mind frame as an artist. Keep being hungry. Keep being uh, uh, modest. And just take no for an answer, you know. Just deal with people who love you. In return, you give that love back to them. Like you, God Mother. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. Um, so, 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 Bruce, so what, what, um, what, what are you going to be showing in your um, home studio uh, on the tour on Saturday? So, you know, we start at 10, so be ready because mm-hmm. people will start over there at uh, by 10, and Tannen's going to be holding forth at the art house with all kinds of goodies. And wow. then uh, people will walk down to Diego and then over to you. So what, what are you mm-hmm. going to be showing? I'm going to show some um, smaller works, the Mardi Gras Indians on small size paper, so people can afford me. 
and then um, some some old marching band stuff I had under Bruce Davenport Jr. work. Um, also some um, let me see, I got some um, um, some postcard size works where you can take and um, use it for Christmas gifts to mail out to people, you know, the loved ones. Also, I'm giving away autographs and free uh, uh, photoshops of me and stuff like that, you know. And also, you get to uh, see my new works I'm doing on, on the Civil Wars. I'm doing on the Civil Rights. I'm doing on Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson, you know. I'm trying to, I'm having a clearance. I'm trying to get rid of old, old Bruce Davenport Jr. works so I can start with the Dab Bruce Defeat works. All right, so a little bit of um, uh, your archival work and and mm-hmm. uh, some of the your newer works. That's that's the best way to do it. Um, yeah, people get a feeling for your the roots of your work as well as um, how it's evolving and how it's changing. That's cool. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. I look forward to, to it. it. I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be. It's going to be pretty special. It really is. Oh, Let me just ask you one more question before I mm-hmm. uh, go on to uh, talk to a couple other folks. Um, why are you in the Holy Cross neighborhood? How did you choose to live there? Well, I think the Holy Cross chose me. I, I didn't. I didn't choose it. It was at, at the Katrina. I was looking for somewhere to stay, and uh, I remember somebody had mentioned to me that they had a, a place in the Ninth Ward. Now I grew up in the um, the Sixth Ward, the Lafitte Project, so I knew nothing about the Ninth Ward, like across the canal. You know, I remember going across the canal as um, at when I was at Bell Junior High for track practice. We would practice the track at Holy uh, Cross High School, and that was it. And that Fast Domino lived on Catherine Street, and that they used to do the Mother uh, the the Mother the King parade in the Ninth Ward back in the day. That's all I knew about the Ninth Ward. So. When I went over there, it was like peaceful. Nothing was going on, you know. Nothing yeah. was happening. Yeah. Then I moved in, and, and then um, all of a sudden, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, they've been shooting movies and uh, doing other kind of things and, and and making, you know, doing what they do. But you know, I, I like it. It's quiet. You know, it's like people complain, man. I'm not coming way over there. I say I love it. I love it. Yeah, wait <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. F- folks are so funny. I, I say this often that in New Orleans, people are so funny about going over a bridge. It's a, oh, oh, you mean you're on the other side water. of the bridge? They hate water and bridges. <laughs> like it's some big deal. I come from New York where you can't go anywhere without going over a bridge because it's, oh, it's just a collection man. of islands. You know? I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so love it. But, that but bridge the doesn't water put is, me I don't off. know. It, it's slowly but surely coming along. You know, I think it could, it could get better. But me being a resident now in the Ninth Ward, you know, I have to, you know, tell how it is. And it's bad right about now. But, you know, I'm hoping for the better, you know, because, you know, I've been there like maybe last seven years. I've been productive in that area. You know, people come through that area. They see it and they love it and love that what I do in that area. You know, I just hope the city come and say, well, look, Bruce, since you're doing good in that area, let's give you the key, the key, um, the key to the city. <laughs> oh, I think that can be arranged. Well, that... you know, need some love in the night ward. Come on, now. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think people are are catching on, and uh, what I think is really uh, great is that other artists uh, have that same mm. feeling about it. Actually, anytime anybody comes over by our place, people always say that same thing about how it just feels so kind of calm and peaceful and yeah. and really beautiful. Yeah. And you know what? It's also got mm. that breeze off the river, so during 
the summer, I Ooh. always find it's about five degrees cooler there oh, than it is man. by I, up, back I, I uptown. I checked out that, that area where the all, you know the galleries are coming up. I like that that the, these places are popping up like that on Saint Claude. On Saint Claude, you know? that's a good thing too, and you're not yeah, far from it. Yeah, a good thing. Bruce, yeah. I'll see you tomorrow at some point. I'll pass by. I'm going to try to get around and, and check everybody out. So mm-hmm. I hope it's a great day for you and y'all. This is Bruce Davenport. You make sure to get to his place because you will love what he does and you will buy something he is mm-hmm. affordable all of the art on this tour is affordable <laughs> that's why we're doing this because we want yeah. you to buy art yeah. for christmas gifts instead of all that junk at the malls <laughs> yeah come, Sorry, come malls. To me. Now, look, now, I, I changed my name my name is Dabba Bruce Lafitte that's my new name I'm retired as Bruce Davenport Jr. and I came back as Dabba Bruce Lafitte so you gotta get all the okay, old words we'll get that Davenport. Lafitte name in there thank you <laughs> see you yeah, tomorrow man. Okay. All right. Well, um, folks, we're going to um, check in now with um, Katie Tomaseo, who works with the uh, St. Bernard um, Tourism Commission. And um, she's she's uh, on top of uh, a lot of changes in that part of town, too. So, you know, we're kind of working our way downriver, and that's why we call it the Downriver Art Home Tour. You know, we've been doing these art home tours now for about five years and uh, they basically take you into the studios of artists and into homes that have art collections and to art venues. And we have new art venues and a whole kind of cultural development going on in St. Bernard. Katie, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. You know, I tried to catch up with you last night at the uh, chamber function, but I, I was so squeezed. I had three events last night that I had to do, and so I kind of was rushing in and out of all of them, and I, I didn't have the time to come visit with you. But here we are together on the on the radio. Yes. So uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for coming on. Um, Katie, um, uh, I've been talking about the tour that we're doing, the um, Down River Art Home Tour and Sale, which starts at 10 and goes till 5. And um, at the last stop at um, the River House, we'll have an art market, and uh, we've got, you know, over 20 artists and they include everything from fine artists to we have um some really some of the most exceptional um carvers who carve everything from uh ducks to toys to um animals and boats and so there's going to be a lot of really fun stuff for sale and i think people are going to have a ball but um when we checked in with you that's when i found out about the christmas extravaganza that Bill Hyland's putting uh, on over at the Los um, Los uh, Heritage and Cultural Complex, and um, so I, I I wanted you to tell us uh, about that and and sort of other kind of context of things that are happening in um, St. Bernard. And we got Bill Hyland on the line too, and we're going to try to join him in. We uh, I think hopefully that'll work. Um, so uh, Bill, are you there? Yes, indeed, I am. Excellent. Okay, so I've got the, I've got uh, everybody who counts now. Um, Katie, let me start with you, um, mm-hmm. and and just give me a little bit of context because um, I think that Saint Bernard is such an incredible combination of culture and nature, and and this is what you're trying to make sure people outside of the parish you again only think of it in terms of Saint Bernard Highway. You want them to know about this. We want them to know, you know, of all the wonderful things that we have going on in St. Bernard Parish. And the Los Isleños uh, Heritage and Cultural Society is going to be celebrating their Christmas extravaganza this Saturday, December 5th, 
from 4 to 7, and it's going to be on the grounds of the Los Islenos Museum Complex, located at 1345 Bayou Road in St. Bernard Parish, in the eastern part of the parish. Uh, people can actually take a drive down the San Bernardo Scenic Byway um, and enjoy the Scenic Byway as they stop by Mitch Godet's uh, building, and they stop by Sydney and the River House, and then they can end their night at the Los Islenos Christmas Extravaganza, which will have, uh, it's beautifully decorated, and we'll also have the school children involved with the St. Bernard Parish Public Schools that will be uh, singing Christmas music, and we'll have um, some apple cider, and we'll have some food, and a bonfire will even take place, right, Bill? Yes, that's correct. That's very traditional here, as you know. Um, these bonfires began uh, as a means of the farms getting rid of debris that they had collected throughout the year. And, of course, because we live in southeastern Louisiana, uh, the bonfire ultimately became a cause for celebration. And it's very traditional throughout the River Road and here in the Spanish Islenio community of St. Bernard, along by your Bay. Well, Bill, every time I talk with you, I learn something. And uh, for all mm-hmm. the years I've known about the bonfires around the city, this is the first time, and I should have figured this out. It's kind of obvious that, you know, the end of the harvest and you've got um, your, your the leftovers from the sugarcane harvest and other harvests. Uh, but I... I I, frankly, I never put those that two and two together. So now I know the tradition behind the bonfire. Well, when the Canary Islanders came here in the 18th century, they were militiamen. They were soldiers who fought under Governor Galvez. And then they were also farmers. And they didn't plant sugarcane, though they brought sugarcane with them here uh, from Cuba. But uh, but anyway, it was, this was always an agrarian community until the Civil War, and then it was after the Civil War that the evolutionary process brought the Islenio identity uh, greater diversity and complexity. And not only after the war were they still vegetable farmers, but then they also became subsistence livers, pursuing principally professional hunting, commercial fishing, trapping, and moss gathering. And and this I'm I'm, I'm so I'm uh, so aware of this, but and and at the same time, um, post Katrina, you know, I did uh, the series of interviews that uh, I think you know that we did, and those interviews uh, are on video and on a video loop at the um, River House. Um, one of the things that seems so kind of plaintive about many of the discussions I had with some people who had lived on Delacroix Island and other parts of the parish is that um, a lot of that tradition of fishing and hunting um, uh, has really dwindled. I hope it's not gone away altogether, but uh, it does seem as if it has certainly become less of a, a factor of life in the parish. So it's important that your institution, the Los Islenos Museum Complex, is is keeping that story alive. Well, we do our best to do it. And, of course, uh, uh, as the parish historian and manager of the facility, I'm truly blessed to have such an enthusiastic and generous group of volunteers who do so much to help us 
bring that story alive to the public when they visit here. Uh, you know, and, and tell me just a little bit about uh, Los Asleños um, uh, Museum Complex and, and, and how it's uh, how often it's normally open and people can visit. And I know you do some very um, dynamic and, and historical and fun festivals throughout the year, too. So um, I think that's what we hear about more than we hear about the institution itself. So tell me just a little bit well, about how you well, can go there and when. Heritage Cultural Society will celebrate its 40th anniversary coming Mm -hmm. year in 2016. Uh And it was founded by our first parish historian, Frank Fernandez, who was a a professional educator, a career educator, and was fluent in Spanish as a first language and English, and educated several generations of St. Bernardians and was dedicated to enhancing this community and particularly dedicated to preserving the heritage and the culture of the Canary Islanders from whom he descended. And so in 1971, we acquired Ducro Museum from the Ducro family, from Rosa Ducro tenant. And Ducro is named in honor of Dr. Louis Alfred Ducro who, despite his very French-sounding name, was three-quarters Isleño Spanish and was the first St. Bernardian to attend Tulane Medical School. He was graduated in 1898, was our coroner for over 40 years, and was a pioneer in the field of public health in the South. And then Mm -hmm. in 1980, the Molero family donated the Islanio Museum track to us. And so there we have uh, a a complex of buildings which the society has subsidized the cost of moving to the site. And then, of course, when Katrina came, uh, we, we were really faced with quite a dilemma because of the complete destruction of the original Islanio building and the severe destruction which other uh, buildings on the complex suffered. But, uh, but we've really come quite a long way since then. Uh, FEMA was very important in funding the rebuilding of all of this because Los Islenios Society is the support group which assists St. Bernard Parish government in the development of this facility. But the facility itself belongs to parish government, and thank God it did during Katrina because it made us available for public assistance funds, mm-hmm. which would have been very hard to come by otherwise. Yes. So, and Bill, and the Rosa another, another interesting thing, too, mm-hmm. and then I'll let you ask questions. And, and Bill, another I wanted to say that the Rosa Islanios, the people are the driving force of and our public tourism. partnership. Mm-hmm. between parish government and the Islanio Society. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, it's hard to hear when someone else is talking when we're on the phone uh, this way. But um, so uh, you were just trying to say, um, Katie, and I wanted you to also come back to um, the Christmas carols that are going to be sung. And uh, the I see there's a hayride which I hadn't yes. noticed before. And then the bonfire comes at sunset, which will, again, be right after we close up 
um, our tour program. So the timing of this is so fabulous. But um, Katie, uh, tell me about uh, the school groups that are, are doing the carols. Well, we have uh, St. Bernard Middle, Doche Elementary, Smith Elementary, and Araby Elementary that will be performing Christmas music and carols during the event. It's wonderful to have a great partnership between, you know, with our, uh, our, school, our public school system, with the Los Isleños, and with parish government. And the Los Isleños, really, they are the driving force of tourism in St. Bernard Parish. They preserve our culture, and they promote our, um, our tourism. And it's just wonderful having this Los Isleños um, museum complex. I really and truly encourage people to always visit and truly learn our true history of St. Bernard Parish. And Bill Highland does an excellent job as, at, you know, at running the museum and all the events that go on, and along with the society. We all have and, such a great partnership. And for, and for this event again on Saturday, it looks like all the houses of the complex will be uh, decorated Christmas style. So it's always fun to see what other people do and get ideas for your own uh, holiday decorations. So that's going to be a fun part of this, too. And, um, yes, I, I think that everybody uh, in this region, and I don't know how many people nationally know about it, but I know that's coming because um, you all are doing such a good job of getting the word out. Um, but it, it, the Los Oslenos, um uh, complex is something that is has been very much a part of the whole metro area's um, cultural offerings, and so I'm I'm really happy to see this event happening and happy to be part of it through our tour. Y'all, I am just um, thrilled to have had you both on the show this morning. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, and um, I hope that a lot of people come uh, down on the tour between 10 and 5, and then. Um, head over to your place, hear the music. Looks like you got some cookies and and uh, hot chocolate, and then also some hot dogs and chili uh, that will be for sale. Uh, the co- uh, hot chocolate and cookies will be and cider also available to folks. So you'll have some gumbo by us, and then uh, you'll have your dessert uh, by you guys. It's perfect. We all just must have we must have just planned this all ahead of time. Yes, and thank you so much for everything that you do to help promote. St. Bernard Parish as a tourist destination, and not only for tourism, we're becoming this wonderful cultural center and art. You know, people coming down here for Studio Inferno and the River House, we truly, I feel like, are, you know, it's kind of like a best-kept secret that's now getting out, and I truly hope that the tourists, you know, the tourists come down and truly experience what St. Bernard Parish has to offer. And, and when when they see what's happening with your new Araby Cultural District, I think that's going to be very exciting. And um, I see things happening along the riverfront that are going to make a difference, too. So, uh, And your film your film business down there is just exploding. And, uh, and that, that's, a, that's a kind of best-kept secret, but that's not going to last for long either because that's such a big... Um, effort and that's generating millions of dollars of of uh, film production and also jobs for people. I think mm-hmm. some of the folks who have um, maybe been laid off from the rigs for the moment while we go through this little um, you know one of our down cycles in the oil in, uh, business. Um, some folks have been getting uh, work with through the films and that's really important. A lot of people 
um, you know, that story that went out in the spring about one company that uh, was not doing the right thing gave the film business a little bit of a bad name, and it wasn't appropriate because um, they, they, they're pumping money into our community and benefiting uh, all of us. So um, I'm l happy to see the growth uh, through the ranch uh, complex over there on Judge Press Drive. Guys, thanks so much. Um, have a merry, merry Christmas. I'm going to come by um, and catch uh, uh, some of it. I have a, another engagement that evening, so I won't be there for long, but I'm going to definitely be there. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. All right, guys. I take care. Talk to you soon. Y'all, this is uh, Gene Nathan. This is Crosstown Conversations. I, you can tell I'm just excited about the holidays. I kind of love the whole winter solstice time frame and all the celebrating that all the different religions do, um, and uh, including Kwanzaa and um, Hanukkah and Christmas. So I don't just say holidays. I say all of that. And I'm excited about it, and I know you all are too. So we'll see you on Saturday, 10 to 5, Down River Art Home Tour. This is Gene Nathan, Crosstown Conversations. Goodbye. Goodbye.